Hello, and welcome back to episode 131 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris. I am here, as always, always now, with Miranda <laughs> and Rana and Kristen. How are y'all doing? Oh, just peachy. That was extremely Midwestern for somebody who's not from the Midwest. Correct. <laughs> I don't, my, my ma's from Illinois. I'll, I'll take it. Mm, sure. I'm like, that... I'll give it to you. Thank you, thank you. I was just going to say, at least I'm still alive, so don't have that Midwestern cheer, unfortunately. <laughs> Listen, we're month 12 into a pandemic. At least we're still alive is the mood. Uh, so, I guess, so as y'all know, Rana, if, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, uh, you may not know that Rana is our new official co-host of the pod. We are so excited to have her. If you missed her last episode, go ahead and listen to, I want to say it's bonus episode 32 of the pod, which came out last week, um, or go back 31. and listen. 31? I think, oh, I that, think. fair. Who's to Hold say? On. I check. There is a way to find Just out. Go... <laughs> that's that's far too much effort for me. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's, I, I encourage Kristen to... God damn it, Chris is right. <laughs> it was a 32? Fuck yes. Had to happen eventually. <laughs> Starting the episode on a horrible note. Um, but yes, we're so excited to have her. And we are also finally, finally starting on to read Shadowfall by Alexander Freed, second book of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. We're reading a book on the Book Wars podcast. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> have we, when was, I don't think we've done this since like October. I think, so. yeah, I think it's like October. Because I, I, we, we were because no. we were gonna read this, but then it's like kind of long, and then we were like, okay, well, like let's not deal with the election, and then it was like Christmas, and we're like, oh, the holidays are coming up, and that's gonna be a pain. October eighth was our <laughs> last great book episode. Cool. You love to see it, which is actually very funny. Um, I promise I won't talk much more in this episode, but I'm pretty sure like episode one twenty nine is where we had Rana on. So like I worked my way really, in there. Like yeah, a disease. It not was, like COVID, it's like three episodes later, and now she's on the podcast. It's like yeah. she deep inceptioned her way in here. <laughs> I love though, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it really looks like it. She was uh, on here, and then we decided that she was on here, but actually, it was several months after <laughs> we just didn't record. Also, oh, I'm, uh, I'm dying at like a disease, but not like COVID, like one of those friendly diseases, or more like you know. A parasite would have been the accurate, you know, comparison, <laughs> but it's all right. I am what I am, and I just, I'm just gonna learn to own it. I love it. Marina's face right now. It's I perfect. think I missed anyway, something. I don't know what's going on. That's you We're know what I wouldn't worry that's about what it. I've got yeah. Uh, what before we read? What's everyone drinking today? Miranda, start with you. Okie dokie. I am. I think once again, I th- yeah, I was definitely drinking this on the pod last week. I've got a whiskey sour, local bourbon. It's real good. I bought these huge. <laughs> I went to the grocery store um, yesterday, I think it was, and like 
I went to buy some lemons because I was like, oh, I want to make some whiskey sours. And I got there and the lemons were fucking huge. Like, I, I, I would, granted, I do have tiny hands, but I couldn't, like, grasp two of them at once. I could, like, kind of cradle two, but, like, they were literally the size of my palm. We'll post the lemons on the Instagram. Oh, yeah, sure. We will post the lemons on the Instagram. It's truly, it's truly on brand content. I mean, we there. haven't had a podcast since October about books. That's so true. What even is our brand? Lemons. It's true. Well, it has to do with my drink. No, so I'm, no exactly. I actually think so we should always talk about lemons. I'm, I'm down with it. But my input is Lemon, lemon Wars Pod. Yep. Space Lemons. What do we think? What do we think the space equivalent of lemons are? Oh, what was? I think there there's probably like a direct equivalent. Like what was it in one of the aftermath books where somebody like almost killed Mon Mothma with some fruit? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or like, or like she like fucked up like and like stopped like some sort of plot with fruit. I don't know. There was some sort of fruit related incident in yeah. probably Empire's End. Was yeah, it but for... run? it wasn't Melu Run, which, only because I know that that is like specifically a Rebels thing. But it was something. I don't know. I bet that in Star Wars, the lemons are sweet. I don't know why. I just believe it in my heart. I'm down with it, Rana. What are you drinking? I am drinking. Um, oh, I just thankfully it's an empty can poured into a glass. I did not just throw my whole drink, but um. I am drinking a left-hand chai milk stout um, in my very outdated now Game of Thrones glass, but um, it's delicious, and I like that there's a little chai flavoring for a nitro milk stout, so um, highly recommend. I got a whole box. They call it, like, the milk box, and it was on sale at my local, um, yeah, I know, I know, Miranda, don't That's judge weird. me. I really like every type of beer, <laughs> but I do love a good um, milk stout, so I'm super excited to try the different varieties. I love ones. their their chai milk stout is so good. Oh, you've had it. This is my first time having. I it. have. It's it's super super good. Yeah, it's delicious. That's a local beer for you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're in. It Long is. Long. It's in. Yeah, so they're like north of Boulder. I haven't actually been there. It was on my list to go there, and then between pandemic and before that, not being able to leave the dog at home, it's it's a whole. They're it's a whole building thing. one I know, in Denver now as well. Um, Ooh. But I guess Longmont's probably closer for you than, than not to tell where Chris lives. People listening to the podcast, but oh, uh, I mean, I've, I, we've said we're in Boulder. Okay, <laughs> Boulder I HQ. won't drop the actual address because I don't know it. But let's hope I don't. <laughs> One two seven, Star Wars Avenue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I that's like one of my. I want to do more breweries and and yeah. shit this summer for sure. Pandemic vaccination. Vaccination? Vaccination dreams? I don't know. It's, yeah. it's been a long day. What are you drinking, Chris? Um, I'm just drinking water, actually, because um, my, my, my long day was... It was a fun day. I actually went outside, weirdly. Um, had a very lovely socially distanced hangout with some people in Boulder, um, which was wonderful. But now I was like outside in the sun, and my body's like, what is this sun thing that you did to yourself and so now i'm just like i need water and that and then i'm dehydrated but yeah it's, it's delicious water tasty tap tap water 
Brita filtered, you know, just the whole Ooh, the whole works. You went real fancy with that Brita filter. Absolutely. You know, that's how I do. Nice. Yes. I'm drinking sparkling water. <laughs> Next is, is it flavored? Time, no. It's so streamed. Next time we are on this podcast, I will be drinking a fucking beer because I'll be drinking again. <laughs> One more week. We'll have it. Um, I'm, I just thought to myself, oh, I'm going to be gone next time we're supposed to record this podcast. So we can talk about that offline. Yeah, we'll that figure that out. Just more important things happening, not... to be fair. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I'll be hopefully I will be sitting in a hot tub one week from today at this time. That That's is the, the goal. Plan. Yeah, that oh, yeah. is the plan. So, but although snowflakes keep showing up in our forecast, <laughs> and I'm not trying to drive in that, and I'm upset about it already. So channel your That's fair, like, although being a Red Sox fan ability to channel angry Boston streets in the snow, like you can do it. <laughs> oh, I am fine driving in snow other people i have gotten rear-ended here at, at while sitting at a stop sign in the snow like we don't do it yeah speaking as a west coaster we don't fuck with that we don't at do all <laughs> i am fine driving in the snow i i'm pretty good at it and i don't mind it but uh it's danger danger here so <laughs> Okay. Well, hopefully you get to the hot tub before it starts snowing because there's honestly being in a hot tub while it is snowing is delightful. It is. That's so true. (laughs) All right. Let's air horn right into Shadowfall. I don't know. I'm... I napped before this, and then I just like was looking at the tea about Harry and Meghan, and my my mind's... I have no transitions whatsoever. This time you actually did forget the segment. What? Oh, shit. I did forget the segment <laughs> this time. Uh, as a reminder for people, uh, we are now doing a new segment where we are highlighting wonderful organizations uh, to donate to in addition to or instead of donating to support the Book Wars pod. Uh, if you have money, we are continuing to support Advanced Native Political Leadership, uh, a really phenomenal organization uh, that Rana uh, chose for us and explained on the pod last week. So encourage you to look them up at advancednativepl.org and go listen to last week's pod as well and support them. Thank you, Keeks, for reminding me. Yes! Don't and never that. thinking Kristen again. <laughs> All right. Shadowfall. It's a book. It sure is. I like... It's it's like it's weird to do the when and where are we thing now that Kristen is more in the producer role, <laughs> but like because I still like I, Kristen, I won't put you on the spot, but I also like really want to just be like Kristen, tell us where you think we are right now. <laughs> it's true. How about after Shadowfall? That's a, a segment that I can do, but I perfect for sure did not read this so. <laughs> That Perfect. is the other great thing about being in the producer role is while I usually keep up with the reading, when I don't, I don't have to feel bad about it. Perfect. Love to see it. Alrighty. So, Shadowfall. Uh, so, we are, just to all do my like word vomit of when and where we are, just to get it out of the way. Um, we are several months-ish after Alphabet Squadron. The time is squishy, but we know that we're still before the Battle of Jakku. Um, from various things about like, I think, 
I don't know if we've gotten there yet, but there's a reference to Ray Sloan being in charge mm-hmm. of... Was that in this section? Okay, great. Yeah, because they also... Um, that was like a little bit of Alphabet Squadron, wasn't it? Like her yes. starting to build some stuff up. Exactly. So Alphabet Squadron, as a reminder, kind of took place before slash concurrent with the first Aftermath book. Um, and that was about six-ish months after Endor. So now we're somewhere between six to nine-ish months after Endor. It's not really clear, but it also isn't super relevant what specific day we are because Star Wars. Time isn't real. I thought it was like three seconds after Alphabet Squadron. The, I, it, it very well could be. Who's the only say? reason I don't think it is is because um, Keys or Keezy and is that how they we've decided to say it? Keezy? Keys? Whatever. Keys. Keys? All right, I'm good with Keys. Um, so Keys is like more back, like he found them. He found them being Shadow uh, Shadow Wing. I almost called them Shadow Fall. I'm like, that's not, that's not their name. It's the name of the movie in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Love it when they do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we're a few weeks to a few months post-Alphabet Squadron, I think, is, is the And movie. there's like some line, I don't know what chapter, but when Hera says, or someone says that Hera said they hadn't lost a ship in weeks some number of weeks i don't remember how long so and they've been running missions since then right and they clearly so yeah it's it's been at least a couple weeks yeah there you I, go i think it was um 15 days <laughs> i don't know why i remember that but it was, it was yeah it was a couple weeks i don't know why is... in my head i was thinking like five weeks but 15 days <laughs> yeah that sounds more accurate Perfect. A little more realistic for the New Republic, if we're keeping it 100. And then the other time uh, indicator that we got is that in a briefing, Keyes says to the Shadowfall, to Shadowfall again, the Shadow Wing leadership, that uh, Grand Moff Pandian is dead, which uh, if people who read the Aftermath books remember that that is something that happened at the Battle of Akiva at the end of Aftermath. Um, so we know it's after that. That's That's basically where we're at. So anywhere in Star Wars after Return of the Jedi, basically. Yeah, so <laughs> the t- the time frame r- ranges from six months after Endor to basically right up to Force Awakens is, is the possibility <laughs> window right here. One of these seems um, more likely than the other. <laughs> it's You know what? It's so true. And we're also in the core, which is new for us. We are... Star Wars, I feel like, lives in the Outer Rim. Like, it's like it, starting Mandalorian, Jakku, everything's always in the Outer Rim. Yeah, we see a lot, like, in the Mid Rim, I think, in some of the books. We see, like, a decent amount of them going out there, but everything's the Outer Rim. And, like, oh, we're in the unknown regions. And it's, like, everything that's just, like, kind of on the, I say periphery, but, like, it's fucking huge. Um,. Of the galaxy, so I also didn't realize. I mean, of course I didn't, because why would I know the Cerberon um, system is in the core? I'm not Chris. And then they were like, "We're in the core," and I was like, "That seems sketchy. Like y'all are just around a black hole right now." Well, they said they have a yeah. couple thousand years until 
it really gets strong. <laughs> That's still super, like, every time they describe Troitha and they're like, yeah, there's no sun in the sky, it's just always dark, and we're, we're eventually going to fall into a black hole. I'm like, y'all picked this spot very poorly. Get off all the I'm planet, saying. man. <laughs> Sounds like space, space Portland, where it's about to fall into the Willamette River any day now from the earthquake that's gonna murder us or space venice slowly sinking into the black hole yeah that's yeah great. space dc Fucking space climate change <laughs> ravaging troitha um and then the other story note of the when and where before we move on is that it's happening concurrent with star wars squadrons which isn't happening anything that we know from this book necessarily uh except that we know from this book that Van- Vanguard Squadron isn't here. They are, in fact, the stars of that video game, which we'll oh. probably do an episode on at some point. We need to find somebody else who played it. That's the one with, like, the flight stick. It's the one with the pew-pew, yeah. It's like pew, a flight pew. simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So we've gotten the factual stuff out of the way. <laughs> we, we, don't, we famously don't care about facts. I mean, it is funny because, like, there are no reliable narrators in... This trilogy also? I know. There's so, there's no like, voice of truth. I was going to be like, oh, well, some of the stuff we're going to talk about still with the facts. And no. No, they're all lying. To themselves. To each other. To the it, therapist droid? To the therapist. You can't lie to the therapist droid. That's like... That's a problem that you need to talk to the therapist right about. I don't know. I mean, if I saw, Wait, like, the me. empty needle just hovering near me as it asks me questions, I, too, would lie. Oh, I would be terrified and say everything that has ever happened to me. <laughs> just, sorry. <laughs> sorry, reflex. <laughs> uh, every, literally every time there's a scene with Ido, I just think of, like, the scene of one of those droids, like, torturing leia in star wars and i just like freak out and then just imagine it talking to you and opening up its little photoreceptor as it asks questions and waits not better <laughs> i prefer a human therapist yeah. that's what we get on uh, earth y- y'all made some now. very questionable tactical choices with appointing this droid in a leadership position it's an imperial droid too <laughs> It's not like they picked some, like, you know, random, like, um, what are the, the mech, astromech droids, mm. or like one of the little micey boys. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, this Imperial interrogator looks like a good therapist. Let's go. We've really, we, we've come far from the days of nobody gave K2 a blaster because he was an Imperial droid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sigh. Oh, you know. <laughs> um, all right. So the main theme of this first part of the book is, as we know from knowing Star Wars and that, in fact, the Republic does win. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Return of the Jedi um, and or uh, Force Awakens, <laughs> just the general idea of the New Republic is that they're winning now, and they haven't won, but when you kill the top two people in the Emperor and there's nobody around to replace them, it is gets a lot easier to win a war. Yeah, and... and 
sorry. Can... No, go. Okay. I was just going to say, like, it's it's interesting reading this because, like, I have seen the Star Wars films. So, like, I know that the Rebels win. They've got the New Republic and all of that. So I'm looking at this, reading it, like, yeah, of course they're going to win. Like, in the end. Like, it's basically over. You know, Endor happened, and yeah, there's Jakku, but that's just, like, fighting off everything. And even, like, in this trilogy, it's a lot of just fighting off the rest of kind of what the Imperial uh, generals and admirals and stuff can scrounge together to try to have something in this massive um, power vacuum. Um, So I'm like, they're going to win. It's fine. But nobody in the book knows that. So they're all just, like, fighting like they're still in the thick of it because they are. Sort of, like reversing that or whatever um i do find it really fascinating to like read from um soren's is that how we say his name uh his chapters yeah, where I think so. somehow they still think there's any chance and like you're reading it and i felt you know in alphabet squadron i was like all right like all right grandmother whatever but in this instance <laughs> i'm like how could you possibly think that but i think you're right miranda there's probably some you know knowledge of what comes later that makes me feel like oh of course like this is a unwinnable thing why would you think you can win but it does just feel so out of touch to like read them thinking about this is our strategy and we'll see and we don't want to lose and i'm like you've you already lost i don't understand (laughs) game's over man yeah and like the closest that i think they get to like having a reasonable chance at it um is like they only kind of briefly mention it in this book but ray sloan has her shit together um, like she's doing all of this and even keys, like he's there as an advisor on the, the Aeropostale ship. Excuse me. Aerie <laughs> is a brand of American Eagle, not Aeropostale. Oh shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> on their American Eagle ship. Um, oh like he's doing a good job too. I think like if anybody's going to help kind of revive, at least aspects of it, but everybody who's like already there and in the squadron after he left was like, okay, but you left and pretended to be like a little peasant. I would, and now you're back. I would love to be like whatever the space version of a fly on the wall is during that. Cause he mentions a little bit that there is some resistance to it, but I don't understand how he's in charge again. Like, you just left for, what, six months, a year? Like, some large amount of time. At least three months, right? Because how long? Anyways, it doesn't matter. But we're not going to go back to the math section. But um, (laughs) I just, like, I want to know how that conversation went down. Because I can't imagine it would have gone that way if most of the Empire wasn't gone. Like, how do you just get in power again after leaving? And, like, I just, yeah, I have questions. Yeah. And there there was one part where he was kind of thinking about it and, you know, everybody is really resistant to him kind of having any influence. But he's like, yeah, so this is the only reason nobody fucking killed me when I rolled up. Because could you just, like, imagine, like, an Imperial officer deserts, goes to live a secret life for a few months, comes back to his old unit and is like, I'm here. Like, do you just roll up like, hey, guys, what's happening? Well, and then he has the audacity to always be questioning, like, the authenticity of everyone else 
And I'm like, really? Really, bro? You were just like living on this little planet, living out Yojimbo, like in your own life. Yeah, it's so real. And there's we're going to get a lot more from his point of view and like how the Imperials think of him. But it's awkward. Like it's y'all are so right. It is like it's very like, all right, everybody do as I say, not as I did. The moral of the Empire, honestly. But yeah, and this whole time period to me is very like, I don't know. God, this is like this. This counts as like kids would be like have you ever seen that really old old show but like it's very like band of brothers almost because like so band of brothers for miranda i see the confusion on your face Oh no i know i know band of brothers very well i'm just trying to think of how it is band of brothers well just because like you know you read history books now and it's basically like yeah and then the u.s got into the war and then we had d-day and yada 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 a year and a half later the u.s won Ta-da! and then but like then you'd like you watch something like Band of Brothers and like it's American imperialist propaganda. Like we'll lay that out to start, but it's like you're seeing them in the trenches and the people on the ground who like don't necessarily have a, you know, a top down view of the war who aren't getting all the different reports from various points on the front. And they're very much like, all right, if we don't do this today, we could like we could lose the war. Like it's still, it feels like the war is still very much in flux. Mm-hmm. And it's, but then obviously, like we know, watching as viewers, that the war is not in flux. Like you know, there's battles are in flux, but the war is essentially over at this point. And so th- that's kind of what it feels like to me in this period of time, where like Hera it seems like is starting to know that the war is ending. It feels like a couple of the pilots are starting to get that sense, but in the, for the most part, it still feels like they're in the middle of a war. Do you think that they're worried about like the empire regaining some level of power or are they worried about stopping things like operation cinder? Since I think to me, I think it's both. Um, but I also think that they're not, that they don't even know. And I think that like is kind of what, the conflict is so far in this book is they're not actually sure what they're fighting for anymore because like you know when when you're rebels you're you know they and it talks about this like they're they're these upstarts it's very easy to know who to fight for because you have the the people doing genocide on one side and the people not doing genocide on the other side and that's a fairly easy choice to make but like now like they're having to, like the first time we see will he's like having to make split second decisions about like, oh, well, my objective is to kill all these Imperials, but in doing that, I would, like, kill some bystanders, and I don't want to do that, even though I'm supposed to. And it becomes, like, this conflict of, like, what exactly are we doing here? Well, and we... Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, go ahead, Miranda. Oh, no, I think, I think part of that, too, is, like, and I'm assuming this is going to continue into the third book, the trilogy, like, kind of the goal of Alphabet Squadron is to take on Shadowwing. It's like, but but we get here, they have no fucking clue where Shadowwing is. And, like, we are past Endor, which is kind of like the... We're in the denouement of the Galactic Civil War, right? So, like, the big thing has already happened, and now they're just like, okay, so we'll go free this planet? They were pretty pro-Imperial before the war, but now we're just gonna... 
Get rid of all the Imperial people? Seems like a good idea. It seems like they still don't understand even what their strategy should be. Like, I was really surprised when they're telling the people of the city what they're going to do, like, days in advance so people have time to flee. It's like, that's wonderful, and that's, I guess, that would be great if that's how war worked, but also, like, what are you doing? And they even say, oh, we know it's a risk, but, like, you know, we don't want people to die. And that's great, but also it just kind of gives you that feeling of, do they not realize that they have so much power at this point, that they have the possibility to just come in and do this without having to announce everything and worrying about all of this? I don't know. I'm not saying they should just kill everybody, but I'm just surprised that they just keep announcing everything and still thinking as if they're, like, this small guerrilla band of, you know, fighters. Absolutely. And I think... And y'all, y'all will have to forgive me because I, I did my reading for this a few weeks back um, before because I wanted to read other stuff in our schedule. We've been trying to record this for like two months. Um, We've been trying but, to record for five months. I know, right? <laughs> um, but like there's a point where like they're talking about like, yeah, this was a pro-imperial planet and there's probably going to be resistance for a while. And um, like it just like gave me as like a an American who grew up in, you know, formative political years in the 2000s, it gave me massive Iraq vibes. Like, we're just, you know, we're going to take out the leadership and then all our problems are going to be solved. And don't worry about the fact that there's going to be 10 years of uh, infighting after that, because that's not our problem. Yeah, nothing to see here. If we chop off the head, the chicken will not continue to run around. But instead... The chicken grows, like, several more heads. Like, um, God, what is the... Like a hydra chicken? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's the one that Hercules fights in Hercules? (laughs) And, like, it's not going to go well. I mean, and again, that's something that we know. Um, like, impair... Not the empire empirically, but, like, empirically in our world... Because we see it, like, it doesn't fucking work. It never does. But, you know, they're just in such a new kind of phase of this where they're not the underdogs. They're not losing. They're not running. They're about to win the fucking war. So they're, like, trying new things that they haven't had the chance to do before, and it's questionable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so now they have all these hard choices and you know, you get hardened veterans like Twilight Company, our old Alexander Freed novel friends, uh the oh god, I th- the 201st maybe, I don't remember. Or no, it's like the 5th, I don't know. It's some some particular company and they don't actually name Twilight Company, but like the characters if you if you read like they mention Charmer, they mention Brand, like they mention all these characters that we know and so like it's a it's a fun little easter egg but it's also like we know that the people on the ground here are used to being put in impossible situations and being told all right cool we're gonna put you here and if you're still alive in three days we're gonna pick you up and so now they're in charge of like storming imperial facilities and like doing things with actual tactical value besides try not to die and it's (laughs) And and they don't even know how to do this shit because they're not used to having to think tactically. Like, like not not it's not even their problem, but like their company leadership is not used to having to do these jobs of 
all right, and we're going to have to uh, secure this objective and defend it and do all this stuff. And there's going to be civilians involved that we can't attack. And it's like there's there's so many new rules of engagement that don't really come into play when everybody can unite around the big bad genocidal emperor. Yeah, they've they've basically they've been tactical, but it's all been defensive. Yeah. Try not to die kind of tactics. Absolutely. And then the interesting thing about when you when the rules of engagement change is that new people gain more importance. And due to his own slimy planning, Karen Aiden is now one of those new people. He's got secrets, man. I don't trust him. That's why his eye stalks are so big. They're full of secrets. All right, mean girls in space. <laughs> okay, Chris. <laughs> okay. Listen, listen, <laughs> I'm tired. Um, but it is like now, so now we, like obviously we have the need for an intelligence service. And that was kind of like what he was fighting against in uh, Alphabet Squadron. The first book is that people didn't care about an intelligence service. Like they were like, all right, let's keep blowing shit up. Yeah. Blow shit up survival mode. But now that they have the room to kind of like, Oh, like we should do something that has like a real purpose. Other than make the emperor angry. So he's much more useful, even though he's a piece of shit. It's very interesting. Rana, I would love to hear your thoughts on Aiden, because as we as we said last week, you kind of speed read the first Alphabet Squadron book and then dove, dived, dove right into Shadowfall. Yeah. And so you like get really quick whiplash of scummy aiden blackmailing erica and then suddenly they're buddies book ends yeah yeah and then suddenly they're buddies like how he's still how did you read that side note sorry before i answer that i'm really glad you mentioned the dive dove thing because when i was reading the last i read the last like i have this terrible habit sorry i promise i can say a complete sentence um but i have this terrible habit where if i have like you know a tenth of a book left or more or, or like around that amount then i have to just finish it and so the people in the pod know because i was just live reacting over our messenger but um so i read like the last you know 200 pages of alphabet squadron in one um wow i'm sorry i'm tired in one sitting and they say dived so many times and in my head every single time i'm thinking dove and it's like erica dived erica dived and i kept thinking like oh my god it was so much that that night i literally kept dreaming about the word dived like over and over again and i was like i'm so sick of this word so i'm glad that you said dove as a possibility um and it's luke skywalker at the olympics just <laughs> on the 10 meter oh my god like i don't know anyways minor thing but i was just relieved to hear the word dove instead of dived as an option um but to answer your actual question uh because book wars pod um i I didn't like him. Also, I thought his name was Adon, like Adnan without the N. And then I listened Thank to Thank you. Your, I did too. And then I listened to your podcast for the first couple chapters because I was like, I should know what they talked about. Um, I didn't do it after the first two, but maybe one day. Um, but uh, I was like, oh, it's Aiden. But I didn't like him. He was very slimy. I liked his initial introduction chapter when they're still on Trader's Remorse and all that. 
And then after that, he was just very slimy. Like you said, I, when we see him talking to Ido, I was like, Oh, I don't like, like, I don't know. There was just something weird about it. His like alcoholism is not, I'm not going to like say, I don't, it's not that I have a problem with him just cause he's an alcoholic, but it's like a weird sub point of him and just like his hypocrisy around it, how he's like, I can drink this much because it's fine. But when I see these people drinking to celebrate, it's a problem. Like, I don't know. All that shit irritated me. Um, and then just the way that he acted when he confronts Erica at the end of the book, all of that. So to jump into Shadowfall and see him, like, you know it's not authentic, but he's, like, smiling at her and, like, not in a weird... Like, she keeps thinking, like, waiting for him to put it out. <laughs> not it out. Wow, that sounds bad. She keeps waiting for him to put <laughs> out the information. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, I do think there's a slightly strange, like, tension between them all of a sudden, which is weird. Um, but she has tension with everyone in the beginning of this book. Um, but, like, he's, she's noticing that he's not holding it over her, like, in this way. And it's just weird. It is, like, whiplash, like you said. Um, I almost felt like maybe I should have timed this differently, but I didn't want to wait to record. But I was like, oh, I bet I, I was actively thinking uh, the other day when I started reading it, like, oh, I think if I'd taken more time, maybe it would feel less severe. But the changes in the characters, which I know we'll get to later, but especially in, like, the interactions with him are just strange, having just read the other book. Yeah. Let's... I, let's. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, I do want to say, like, he's still blackmailing her. 100%, like, yeah. Nothing, nothing has changed except he's a little more important. So he's put on more of this kind of facade of being like a big, important and good intelligence officer person. And it's like, nope, he's still a piece of shit. But also Erica is more important. Like she's in all the stuff with like all the briefings and all of that with Hera. So... Like, he, he's forced to respect her, and or to at least show, like, pretend that he does. Um, yeah, weird stuff. No, and let's, let's, let's pivot to that conversation about, like, the characters. Because, like, the only thing that's changed that happened right at the end of Alphabet Squadron is obviously that Aiden, Erica's not hiding anything anymore from him. She's hiding it from the squad, but not from him. And so there's, like, it's almost this weird, like, the truth will set you free vibe between the two of them, where she's like, well, you can't, like, do much. And, like, you, I'm not hiding anything from you anymore, so I can be more comfortable with you. And he's like, well, we're both just very clear with the fact that I can and will destroy you at a moment's notice. So, like, we're going to, like, make our peace with that. But it is, like, it's a really weird vibe. Like, there's, like, one scene where, like, he's, like making a shitty like powerpoint joke and she just like starts laughing and he's just like it's it wasn't that funny and she's like i know you're not funny and i'm like this is like weird banter and it's like weird like a totally with you that it's like weird tension like and like well we're not entirely sure what kind of tension and like there's the power dynamics are bizarre but it's like it's like almost euphoric in a way yeah, yeah. I mean, Ronnie, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, <poor Ooh>. <laughs> Ooh. 
That is me because I pointed at Miranda, like, in our video, (laughs) and I was very clearly like, go ahead, I know you have a better point, and then Chris is like, nah. Um, Unlikely. It's fine. I understand (laughs) as the new person I have to talk a little more, um, even if it has no substance, but... I've actually forgotten what I was going to say. So, Miranda, please go ahead. Oh. And Keeks, please cut this oh, out God. because I am now confused. <laughs> I I have also kind of forgotten, but it was basically all along the lines of, like, if you don't have anything to hide, and this is exactly what Chris is sa- was saying, if you don't have anything to hide, like, you know, it's it's so much easier. And, like, she doesn't know who knows things like nath knows some weird stuff about her aiden knows stuff about everyone and she's like well he knows and he's the one who's been blackmailing me so like as long as i continue to keep this a secret from everybody else the fact that i actively did genocide um i'll be fine well it almost seems like she's desperate for some sort of connection at this point and i don't know if that's like the relief of admitting her, you know, admitting to herself what had happened or what. But we see her do this with Will a lot, too, where she's like, I'm going to tell you something random about myself and then I'm not going to elaborate. And it's like very <laughs> strange that it happens multiple times in these first couple chapters. Um, and even being more honest with Ido, like it just seems like maybe she's really desperate for connection after having turned off that part of herself for so long. Um, or maybe she's just like, oh, whatever. The truth is out there and now I don't care. But... Yeah, that's actually a really great point about the need for connection and like in a we- like Aiden is to 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 kind of go off of that point. Aiden is kind of the only person she has an honest relationship with, except Ido and like end, Ido's a torture He's droid. not honest with her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, totally, <laughs> totally. And so like that's that's a really great point about like why it's like this. I think that that hits the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. And it's something that like I think other people are aware of. Hera literally goes to her, like, pulls her aside after a big briefing kind of meeting, strategy, whatever bullshit, and is like, how's your squadron? How's your team? They doing okay? You getting to know them? And she's just like, well, fuck no, like, why would I do that? <laughs> but it's like, no, you need to go talk to people. Like, you need to get to know the, like, it's obviously improved since the beginning, when nobody could do, like, the flight simulator without half of them dying. But, like, you need to trust these people. Y'all need to have trust in each other. Because if not, you're all gonna die. Well, and she takes... So, oh, like, sorry. go be friends, you know? She is so much more receptive to it in this than she was in Alphabet Squadron. Like, she gets a very similar talk in Alphabet Squadron where she's like, okay, you know them, but do you know these things, those things about them? And she's like... I don't need to know that shit. I'm in charge. Um, and then in this book, she's like, okay, I'll just go drinking with them and get drunk and have some interesting feelings about people. And, you know, it's cool. It's whatever. And I just think it's fascinating that not that much time has passed and her reception to a talk like that is essentially a 180. Yeah. And I, I do think part of that is just like the nature of how they're living right now because they are still in the middle as they see it of a war you know, it's high tension and they're very aware of the fact that anybody couldn't just die at any point. Like, the fact that they went 15 days without losing a fighter was incredible. Like, that... It's not a great sign for, like, us 
you know? Like if like I was losing somebody every 15 days, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening? But they're in a war. They're like, we're doing okay. We're just forced to be closer to the people we work with because um, we rely on them to keep us alive. Yeah. And the situation that the New Republic's in is kind of like reverse shadowing that we see at the end of Alphabet Squadron when Nath has like grandmother at gunpoint and he's like, what happened to all these people who I wanted to kill personally? And she's like, bitch, that was like two years ago. They've been dead. Like, (laughs) they're type pilots. They died within like two weeks. So it's like, it's just this interesting dichotomy of the New Republic cares about its pilots and getting to know them and actually trying not to lose them, which is something that the Empire thus far hasn't really done. Yeah, and that's also a really interesting kind of turn to see in this book so far. And it, it makes sense because before, you know, the expected lifespan once they joined and like got onto uh, a unit of a TIE fighter was literally like two weeks. Like they were just throwing them out there like, oh, you're probably going to die. It's fine. But now, you know, because the Empire doesn't have that strength, they don't have the recruitment tactics, they don't have the resources, they're they're bean counting. Like, how much fuel are we spending by doing this one kind of flying in an urban environment? That's too much. He literally counts his minutes in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's this weird reversal that we're seeing between the sides. And everybody's feeling the whiplash of it. Speaking of people who are unused to winning and not sure how to handle it. Let's talk about, well, honestly, the entire squadron. But let's start with Chas. <laughs> I love that she's still just like super into playing her shitty music. She switched over to hip hop. So last time it was a lot of metal. There's something about rhythm rhyme. And I assume that's hip hop. Mm-hmm. There was like a like a weird folk thing at one point, which like if I were going into battle, everybody would be less because like everybody just kind of listens to it. You know, she opens, she keeps her channel open and does that. And it's like, I wouldn't definitely be making you all listen to like first aid kit if we went into battle. But I, it's, it's just, it has nothing to do with like her. It does have something to do with her not being okay. Um but it's just, I, I respect the hell out of it. I don't think she's mentioned, uh, God, I hope I'm getting this name right, Sadonique. I don't think she's mentioned mm-hmm. Sadonique this whole beginning of the book yet, which is weird because Alphabet Squadron, she's like, Sadonique, Sadonique, Sadonique. It's like all that. And then in this part, I don't think she's brought it up once yet, which doesn't mean she's not thinking about it, but just interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, we, in like getting her kind of, you know, third person omnipotent internal monologue she lies more than anyone else and she's like oh this shit didn't happen for another six months after this but i'm gonna say it happened then anyway and it's like she's probably the most unreliable narrator or is she the most because she like tells you who's to say um but yeah there's no way she's not still thinking about her friend you know 
And then the other thing about Chas is like, she's also very not sober at this point. Like she's having like substance abuse problems up the fucking was. And so like, to me, I think part of her unreliability, like, I don't think she necessarily knows that she's like, I think sometimes she knows she's lying. Like that time that she like claims she's testing Erica, which like, she's like, Oh, she doesn't know this. Like, minute timeline detail and i'm like who the fuck knows that chas like you're you're not you're not fooling anyone they just don't know but also like i do feel like it's a certain amount of like lying to herself about like i'm totally okay i am good to fly i am completely healthy in my brain all the time i can quit anytime i want like that that whole like addiction vibe i feel like is really getting to her and that's contributing to her unreliability and she's, like, flying around drunk. Like, Hera says that she, like, uh, took a joyride after drinking or while inebriated. And I was like, drinking and, and flying is still a problem, right? Like, why is this not a bigger deal? And then I, I don't know why Erica's decision then after that is to go drink with them more. But um, I was just like, is this not a big deal in space? Because it seems like a big deal. It's like, it's, it's a big enough deal for Hera to say something about it and be like, in that conversation where she's like, how's your, how's your team? It was like, you should keep an eye on them because one of them is literally going for drunken joy rides. Yeah. You know, I hear is that constantly drunk. Yeah. I hear that adding a third dimension to your vehicle's uh, trajectory really helps with the alcohol. Like it just really, they counteract each other to make it perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so Chas I is... can't even play that video game if I've had a drink. Yeah, honestly, same. Hard. I tried playing Squadrons Drunk once, and it did not go well. It's so hard. I can't even play Among Us Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I can't play it sober either. But anyways, I'm off topic. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, she's telling you she can't play it sober so that you won't suspect her when she fucking stabs you in the back. Um, today Sus- I literally told everyone that I had self-reported because I did it twice in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked questions. Nobody said anything. She just did it. I love that. It's very <laughs> on brand. Uh, Sorry. So in the meantime, Chas is kind of pretending sh- to herself she's okay when it seems to everybody else that she is not Wills, it's very clear to himself that he is not okay, but everybody else thinks he is. He cries yeah. about the building. I was like, oh my god. It's like when I cried about a lake. A little soft boy. Like, he, he's doing fine in his job. Like, he's completing the missions, he's doing the objectives, whatever. But he, like, just wants to go home and fly his little space flying dragon whale shit whatever the fuck those little things are i'm picturing like little foot with wings for some reason <laughs> but like he he is so soft and he has told at least nath like yeah i was gonna leave because my entire squadron died and like the one the one part of this section that i found really interesting was when he was basically just trying to tell anybody about, like, what's been going on in his life. Like, somebody who's not the four people that he sees all the fucking time. And it turns out it was, like, he keeps, like, recording and then deleting these messages to Blink, the fucking TIE fighter pilot, 
from the first book just because like they had that connection once and like the vastness of empty space um it will be a miracle if will survives the trilogy i spent all of alphabet squadron thinking he was gonna die and then when naf like leaves him there i was like he's gonna it's like the in any cop movie not that i'm in any way supporting the police movement but um movies uh, when there's, like, the beloved police chief who's always a day away from retiring and, like, he just wants to retire. Every time that Will says, I'm going to go home now, I'm always like, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's going to die. Will has very, like, gifted gifted academic child vibes where everybody's like, he's getting straight A's. Look how great he's doing. And then on the inside, he's like, I want to kill myself. Like, I have deep, deep anxiety that I'm not treating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so depressed all the time. I, I'm getting the A's, but are they worth it? I won't think th- that question for several years. Not, not that anyone on this podcast can relate. No, to that, we to that we feeling. cannot relate to that. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, I want him to go home and fly his space dragons. Like, just just bounce, man. I love that he has a moment where he's like, we define cities on my planet in this way. And then he's like thinking about the destruction needed to build a city. I was just like, we need more people like this in Star Wars. Also, there's something about, you know, I think one of the opening paragraphs is like, I've never seen a city before, like a real mm-hmm. city. Farm and it's it's just that kind of like a very kind of cliche sort of situation but it's like oh you know the the rural boy goes to the big city and sees the big city for the first time and he's like his planet is tiny everybody's friendly they've got the little foots um he joined the rebellion and got into all of that shit now you're seeing the city like oh this is different there's like people here who live here very close together well, and he joined the rebellion because he basically had to, where it was like a decision of the planet that the best flyers would um, go, and he was happy to, like he was in line with it. But it's not like he, unlike a lot of people in the story, he wasn't dreaming of like one day I'll be a rebel fi- like flyer, blah, blah blah. He loves his home. He he yeah. only calls it home. He's like the anti Luke Skywalker in a lot of ways. Oh, that's he does a really not want to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. He wants to stay at home and watch space TV. He's never seen a power converter in his goddamn life. <laughs> what is Tashi Station? He doesn't know that. That's on a planet far, far away. But yeah, no, that's 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 a great point that like he doesn't he he you know he's doing this because it's his duty, but he's not doing it because he wants to. He's not a true believer, even in the rebellion. Like, which like he's not not a believer. I think like he presumably thinks tyranny is bad and that Palpatine was a bad person, but like. As y'all said, now that Palpatine's dead, he's like, so, like, what is our goal? Yeah, he's he's a believer, not a fanatic. Yeah, yeah that's a good way of putting like, it. He hasn't been, like, super invested, ex- like, except since, you know, he kind of joined up and maybe there was some weird Imperial stuff on his planet. But he's just like, okay, yeah, let's let's get rid of him and go home. And everyone's like, a new Republic! We're going to keep doing things. And he's like, we killed that guy? Are we good? I think my heart, like, I don't even want to think about, because he has no communication with his home planet. And what we know of the Empire's, like, 
resource extraction, for lack of a better term, of his planet. It makes me worried that if he does go back, it might not be what he wants. Oh, Let God, I didn't think even think that. of that. Oh, that's all I thought. Oh, no. Okay, he's... It's like going back to the res. No, I'm kidding. I'm not from a res. Why is I shouldn't it bad that, that I'm Please like, cut that okay. out, Keeks. It's an inappropriate joke for me to make. I'll cut it out. <laughs> Why... <laughs> Why does it make me think like, oh no, it's fine. He's not going to go back to his home planet. He's going to die first. And that is somehow comforting. Because like, he's going to die. So like, we're going to be wrecked. But like, he won't be wrecked by seeing his home planet become something that is not home to him. This is like a very philosophical conversation on death. I like. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if he dies, he'll always be home. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Will. I just, want, I just Will, want Will to be happy. Will is soft and I love him. Me too. I was, well, I we was... know everyone's gonna die because Star Wars is in past tense. He is? Just here to remind you of it that. It was a long say, time ago. All the time. <laughs> I was about to say, he is not a parent in Star Wars as far as we know, so he's probably safe for now. It's true, he's got better odds than most. Side note, speaking of him not being a parent, I love that Nath is, like, trying to set him up with people when he's like, this girl wants to come talk to him. We don't even know if Will likes girls, but when he's like, I, we know he likes non-girls. We don't know what his window is, but when Nath is like, she wants to talk to you. Yeah, it's great. He's, like, the best, like, shitty wingman. Like, <laughs> I did not ask for this. Why are you doing this? Like, ever. Like... <laughs> He's like, he's like, it's like, he's like, he's in his own way. He's like, you know, I am, I am bonding with you. And Will's over here like, nobody asked for this. Well, and then like, we like, just, like get a Will. drink and talk. Like, let's go yeah. do a puzzle together. Poor Will is like depressed and he says, oh, I have to do something before I go to bed. And Nath assumes it's. Yeah. But like, speaking of Nath and I don't know the kind of, the kind of squadron mate he is it's just like he knows things that other people don't does he know that erica did the genocide like nath does yes yeah yeah because he found that out at the end of like he's got secrets he's kind of like a mini aiden in that and also he's getting fucking paid to like shut the fuck up Because, like, this guy, you know, Nath is a veteran. He's disillusioned. He's just kind of here. Um, You know, he really just wants revenge if he wants anything, you know, to to do with the ultimate goals of Alphabet Squadron. So he's just, like, going along being him and, like, you know, he's just being him. And that him is, like, maybe a little crass and, like, not to the extent of some other characters, I think. But he's got this information. He's bumbling along. He's trying to set Will up with women. <laughs> what what more can you say about the guy? I do feel like his chapters are much less, um, like, slimy than the mm-hmm. last book. In the last book, he's constantly thinking, like... I can use this person later and they don't know it. Um, and like all of his stuff when he gets onto, it's not the Aerie. What is the ship that they get on? The, with, um, um, Oh, I know this too. The Lodestar? Lodestar. Yes. No, 
No, no, no. I'm talking about with um, the grandmother. Oh, oh shit. I don't remember that. That was the... Um, I don't know. I don't remember the name, but I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. When he gets on that ship and he, like, leaves Will out there, like, with no cover and all that. He, like, those chapters are hard to read because he's just, like, very... Oh, yes. She can look it up. Um, I also have the book somewhere. Uh, but you're just like, wow, that guy's a dick. But now I don't feel as much as, like, the searing, like, oh, my God, this guy's going to get everyone killed for his own selfish purposes. Could definitely come back. But um, I do feel a little less, like, disgusted reading his chapters. Is it The Pursuer? Yes, it yeah. is. Um, But, yeah, no, Rana, I'm totally with you. But it's also funny because, like, just like you said, it's like he's definitely more being himself. But then it it's like, is that better? It's, <laughs> I think it's more, like... It's more it's, honest, it, for sure. It's not more inwardly slimy because it is still inwardly, like you are using this to your advantage. You're lining your pockets. You're like, oh, she doesn't know I make more than her because I know secrets need to be paid off. But he's also not being, like, gross. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a weird dynamic, for sure. And then last but not least, the fuck is going on with Kairos? She's got collectibles. I was confused by her saying that she smells like she's rotting. That was worrisome. Especially when everyone else says she smells like a flower. Wait, this is... <laughs> yeah, she's like... She, she's she's trying to platinum the game, for sure, with, with her collection. But, like, it's weird. <laughs> she, she's the enigma of the squadron. And it's... I love it, but I hate it. I'm like, I need information. Tell me everything. Why do you have Imperial and Rebel shit in your ship? What what secrets do you hold? Why is why are your bandages so big? Like in her last chapter, we know that she knows about Operation Cinder as that name and mm-hmm. that she like has real like vitriol for it. So I am super curious to know what happens when inevitably she finds out what Eureka's role was in that because we know that like Kairos doesn't have a chill button. And so I am just fascinated by that dynamic when that eventually happens. Yeah, and two, we see her, like, really going all out for the civilians in this section. Like, she's, I think at the end of her last bit, we see she's, like, just going all into the Tri-City Center. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it a convention center, even though it's not that at all. Um, But she just goes in, like... Okay, so I'm going to do this. Nobody else is here. I'm going to take on every stormtrooper with my little bow. Like my, my crossbow shooter thing like Chewie has in The Force Awakens. And that's going to be that. Yeah. And like the, the civilians and the ground troops, she is like, has this super like passionate connection to. And we don't know why. But yeah, like she is, she's also like not functioning in a way that is optimal for self-preservation as we see at the end of this because like this we end on a on a cliffhanger of like kairos is not dead but she's not alive like she's she's like injured and we don't know how bad and then is that the cliffhanger we ended on 
the other. No, there's, yeah, there's not the cliffhanger. Oh yeah, no, that was, that was. I mean, that was one cliffhanger. There's a second. Cliffhanger. It, it was a cliffhanger. I, I I did read that. Like, what the fuck? Did she die? Cliffhanger one that led anything. to cliffhanger two. Yeah. Yeah, depending on what you think is behind cliffhanger two. And like, I'm sorry to get us off topic again, but speaking of injuries that you like that get brushed aside, um, Chas says one of her horns goes back into her head. And I like read that, and I kept rereading it, and I was like, "Is this like, is this normal?" Because then it doesn't get mentioned again, and it just sounds really painful. And I just want to mention that it sounds awful. I always wonder with like non-human anatomy and like talking about injuries, is that like the Thelian, the Thelian equivalent of like popping your shoulder out of its socket, where you can just pop it back in and you're fine? Like what? Because I'm with you. That didn't. Sound like, it good. It sounds like it would hit your brain, right? Maybe they don't have a brain. I don't know. Their well, maybe it's maybe like, it's in a maybe there's more space between the brain and her yeah. head. If we're assuming that her brain is in her head. Sorry, not to be. Uh, I also missed this part entirely. <laughs> I just read it and I was like so horrified, and I just kept. Re- I'm gonna find it and send you the page number, Miranda. Great. Yeah, it's it's rough, but then obviously, yeah. Do you do y'all want to talk about the other cliffhanger or just? Holy shit. I think I reread that three times to be like, did this actually happen? Yeah. Somebody done shot fucking Aiden in the head hole. In the head hole. Yeah. (laughs) It's like very much like they're seeing victory on Troitha. They're seeing... Uh, you know, like they're they're seeing the the troops are winning. Even you know, thanks to Kairos, they managed to like grasp victory from the jaws of defeat there and like hold out long enough. But then Kairos is in trouble, and now we're and Hera's gone in the meantime, and now we're really seeing all the problems. Or Hera's not gone. Sorry, Hera's not gone yet. But like she's now, she's busy, and it, now we're like really. Did you seeing just the tell problems. us something that we should be worried about? No, 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 no. She doesn't die. Okay, I was like, how did that happen? I missed something. <laughs> no, at some point in this book, she goes to join the plot of Star Wars Squadrons. That's oh, all. okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's, that's, light that's literally spoiler. all. Um, spoiling is okay, I guess. Yeah, it really kills me. It actually kills Aiden. Um, probably. Maybe. Who's to say? I don't. I don't fucking know. But it's just like, the way that Alexander Freed wrote this, like... He heard somebody call his name. Is that the Cookie Monster on our podcast? <laughs> I don't want to do a Cookie Monster impression because I haven't heard like, Cookie Monster like... speak in many years. <laughs> I think that's what he sounds like. Maybe I'm mixing him up with like the general death metal, which I don't listen to. So that could yeah, that also be hammering. Very dark Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he like here's somebody call his name and he turns around and it's like or maybe he doesn't turn around that part was unclear but it was just like oh he got shot in the head that person who said his name just it's not the ideal it's not what you want pew pew actually Wait, sorry, probably blaster. no you're good sorry. I'm always interrupting I apologize um in Alphabet Squadron there are a bunch of chapters like that with Will where it says like he died and then it's like he didn't actually die. He's always like, I'm dying. I think of um I don't I promise I have other interests in life. I feel like I've brought up Game of Thrones in the 
podcast a lot of times, but I remember a chapter right after the Red Wedding and A Storm of Swords. Sorry if this is a 20-year-old spoiler, um, where there's a <laughs> chapter that ends for Arya where it says that, like, an axe hit her in the back of the head. And it's actually, like, she doesn't die. It's just that, like, you know, it's the bottom of the axe. But that's all I could think was, like, is there a way that it's similarly written where it's, like, we're going to freak out. And then actually it's, like, oh, they just cut my hair. Like, I don't think it's yeah. really... Uh, but my point is, like, I don't know, singeing your scalp sounds pretty pretty serious there, but also, like, I've been fooled before. So. Yeah. The question is, would you feel your scalp being singed if, if you, were, you dead. were, like, shot on full power in the head? Yeah. Or would you just Maybe die immediately? Like a millisecond. Wouldn't you feel, how, like, the other things happening? How, how, uh fine-tuned and fast-reacting are um why can't i remember his species name but how his 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 reflexes and his senses basically a great question i guess we'll find out next week seems like a great place to stop uh thank you for joining us for this episode of the book wars pod uh next week we're going to be continuing on with Shadowfall by alexander freed reading chapter 7 through 12 uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BookWarsPod. Email us, BookWarsPod at gmail.com. Wait, Miranda, I'm sorry. Did you say something and I just completely, like, rolled over you? <laughs> Not the first time. I mean... Yeah. Now. Oh, I was just going to say something that I kind of said in the break about um, Hera. Oh, it's, yes. It was kind yes, of an yes. untouched point in it. Um, like she knows that things are good but like she's also very wary as a commander and then I just there was a thing where Erica notices that she like says something but has like a really sad smile and I haven't finished a certain show that sh- shall remain nameless though I am in its last season but it's like oh Kanan I know I was Sweet like baby. cool Alexander Freed thanks for just ripping my heart right out I didn't I didn't want to be able to see through tears today. It's fine. Oh, I yelled. Weird that I was so you mad. Just, it's weird that you just like somehow got the publisher to chop onions on this page, and now <laughs> now I'm just it's fucking rude. Ugh. Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad all over again. Sorry, um, that was my point. That was it. <laughs> just to make you mad. At, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BookWarsPod. Email us BookWarsPod at gmail.com or hit us up on the Tashi Station Radio Patreon Slack. Uh, if you have the means, first of all, please donate to Advanced Native Political Leadership. And then if you want to support us, you can either donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash BookWarsPod. Both those really help cover our hosting and production costs. And when you do give us coffee in particular, because that's the one that we can see who donated, uh, we will post pictures, uh, more pictures of Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony on the Potstagram. Uh, our theme song is Whizbang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done by Kristen Cerisi. Uh, thank you all for listening. For Keeks, Miranda, Rana, and Kate, I am Chris. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. My bad, Burb. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. I I already said it like during that um one of the Rana breaks. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks. <laughs>